Podcast. This is Barnsley back again ahead of round five. We were going to have Andrew Scanlon, the cowboy himself, from the Points Per Minute podcast, which is taking a bit of a hiatus this year on board tonight. Uh, but he's going to come on board in the next couple of weeks. Unfortunately, some work things got in the way, so we had to get the number one alternate back in, Billy Marion. Uh, and I think Billy had a pretty good week, didn't you, Billy, on the Supercoach side of things? Oh, <laughs> compared to about 10% of people, maybe. <laughs> so, I, I didn't even expect a thousand, mate. I was just under it. So, yeah, I dropped about six thousand spots last week. So, not too good, but pick myself up off the floor and see what we can do, bud. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird round, wasn't it? I saw, I saw a lot of coaches that had, like a lot of good coaches that we know, had nine hundred something scores. They didn't even hit the thousand mark, and and even some of the guys that were sort of happy with their scores were only getting just below eleven hundred and stuff. So it was a pretty tough round. Yeah, it was kind of like the week before, you know. Um, everyone has an ordinary score and then uh, 20% have turbo and 10% having its captain and all of a sudden a huge route ranks uh, this week. Um, <laughs> I was one of those people that brought me, that brought me in, so I think, you know, I'll get I'll get best next week, um, but you know if you couldn't afford someone like Mansour or just wanted to get best early and you played him, then uh, Bob's your uncle, mate. Shoot you right there. <laughs> so what were your trades then? Since we didn't get to chat last week, you got in Mansour, and what was your other one? Uh yeah. Oh, okay. Stock standard, but very very good trade. I actually um, managed to get rid of. The idea of getting Yao in and just said, no, nah, I'm going to miss him. And I went for the whole complete pot option and got Angus Crichton in. And Daniel Tupo. Tupo didn't do that well, but he does, he always does his solid 60s for me. But, um, geez, Crichton couldn't do that trade fast enough again if I had to do it again. <laughs> 125 points. <laughs> oh, mate, it was, a, it was a great option. Um, uh, you know the rule, mate. Ed, um, edges versus that team go well. Yeah, that's right. I was talking about that on the pod last week without you, um, and this was one of the deciding factors, but I've been waiting to get the Grand Angus in for a little while, so pretty happy with it. Um, and I I ended up with, uh, because most of the time when you're on the podcast, Billy, for this season, definitely not last year, but for this season, you've been beating me. So I've got to take the opportunity to tell you that I've got a 1260 this week, and um, I lost about 9,000 spots last week, and I picked them all back up and then some this week with that score, so... <laughs> That's how close things are, guys. If you just if you have a really really shit week this early in the season, it just turns around really fast just by having another good week, doesn't it, Billy? Yeah, mate. One um, one week can make a massive difference. I think there's only um, I think that 400, 400 points between oh God uh, ten thousand and sort of tenth positions. So it only takes one or two players to um, compress that lead a little bit. So don't be. Uh, don't be chasing too many big guns. It's only going to take one of the pods that you've already got to sort of uh, not leapfrog them, but claw some back. Yeah, and the captaincy is a big difference as well, um, as we saw on the weekend with Talon Ponga hitting 150-something. If you manage to captain him, um, 159 in a round that, um, you know, a lot of a lot of captaincy options ended up sort of going sub-par. There was a lot of sort of 50 to 70-odd scores on captains. 
you, you make up a lot of ground there. The difference between around the top 200 and I think around the top three and a half thousand is maybe 180 points or something thereabouts. So it is pretty tight. Um, and there's certainly time to have a run this early in the season. Uh, Billy, let's jump into TLT because I think it's a pretty exciting one. There's quite a few changes. So let's just get to it. The first game is the Seagulls versus the Broncos. And this one has a plethora of changes, just not really for the Manly Seagulls. So the Manly side is pretty juicy matchup, but they're, they're basically per program. Um, and they're one of those boring sides like your Eels that don't change too much. But the Broncos have, have wielded the axe after the 59-0 thumping that the Roosters gave them. Uh, so they've brought Corey Oates into the back row. Xavier Coates going onto the wing for him. Obviously, Stags returns from suspension, which I think most people held for. Lodge is uh, starting, which I think most people expected to happen at some point. Joe Offer and Gowie is starting, though, which I don't think many people expected to happen. Uh, and Ben Teo is joining the bench. So at the moment, Joe O and well, Oates are the two back rowers, uh, which is very interesting. And then Supercoach Cheapy Hopper has been dropped, and Tom Flegler's been benched in the 17 jersey. So, a lot to go through, mate. Let's start off with the Broncos. There's a few wins and losers here as far as Supercoach goes. One of the biggest losers, though, is Jamil Hopalati going to 18th man, um, and Thomas Flegler going into jersey 17. I know that you're a big Tom fan. As far as their cheapies go, those two guys have fallen out, and they're definitely losers from this with Flegler, he's got a 52 BE, so he's going to be a little bit hard to hold. Hopper, on the other hand, you know, he's still got a relatively low BE. Flegler seems like an easy sell, but as far as Hopper goes, you know, I, I tend to think that you just hold him at the moment with a with a bit of a lower BE. Um, I mean, he's only got a, a break even at two. You may as well just see if he can bump his way back on the bench. Yeah, agree. Um, Flegler, Flegler was always going to be a means to an end um, until he was benched again. So I think everyone that has him has um, has already got what they paid for. So time to time to, to just punt him off uh, might be a little bit hard though, because most people will be going for either uh, the centre or the hooker or probably a gun fullback in Teddy versus versus them. Sorry, versus the dogs. Yeah, you're right. You probably just flick Flegler if you could, or maybe just hold him one week and then trade next week. But um, Jamil's not going to really sort of worry you too much. He's the, he's the least of everyone's concerns this, this week. But um not too sure how many people would own him. Yeah, and I mean, the other guy that's got a big question mark on him now is Jermaine Asako. So Asako came in to this super coach season as a guy that plenty of people were interested in. He's now got a break-even of 99 um, and he's coming up against a manly side, which I don't know about you, but I don't think they're going to go too well, even if they improve. He's got scores of 14 and 31 in his last two weeks, and he's still at 412k. He could drop significantly with another bad score here. I've, to me, even though he's a goal-kicking fullback, my initial thoughts, and I had someone ask me about this earlier today, was just to, to drop him, and I, I said that. But I did look at the draw, and I think that they'll go badly against Manly, but then they're going to have Newcastle, Titans, Warriors, and Bulldogs. So the Broncos might be back on the upswing. What would you do with someone like Jermaine Asako, who might go bad this week and has got a break-even at minus 99? As an owner, I'm punting him. Um, I was pretty happy with the, with the first round, but the last couple, when you, when, you watch him, when you watch him play, he's just not making any real sort of runs. Um, I think he got a little bit lucky in that first round. He managed to get 
a uh, and, and offload and offload away and just managed to get the LBA try assist at the last minute to try and get you up to that uh, 60 screw, 83 screw, whatever, whatever it was. Yep. He just doesn't look anywhere near that in the last couple of weeks. And I think I'm I'm I'm, I'm in the boat where take the points and run for the first round. What well, maybe one round is an anomaly, but last week he looked pretty pretty bloody ordinary. And the fact that he's got Manly away from the home this week, I just don't want to risk another sort of 15, 20 points. And given the best is an option there, and has a has a, has, has a high work rate, and just looks like a beast. Just cash, cash out, play him, and use that coin elsewhere. As far as I'm concerned, mate. I tend to agree, even though he's going to have a good run coming up. You know, someone like Osako, he's going to have some good games. He's going to get some good scores, but it's just not worth holding him. I don't see the upside. I didn't like him in the preseason because I was worried about his work rate. The last two weeks, he's averaged under 20 points in raw base, which for a fullback really isn't very good at all. Um, yes, he's got the goal kicking, but they're not really scoring too many tries at the moment. I think he's going to go well this week. I, I just I like your best trade, and that's exactly what I said to someone today. I, I'd send him straight to best and then be able to get the bank in. And be able to do some big upgrades next week with that. Yeah, and you got to remember, even if he does when he does play the um, Titans or Warriors, whatever you call it, he's he's not a Teddy. He's not going to score 150. So at best, he's going to be like um, you know Dewey was last week, where he goes over and maybe punches an 83. So do you really want to hold a play like that for one week and have him maybe score 30 points or leave that cash on the bench only to maybe score an 83? Yeah, um, no, for me, mate, it's probably time to punt someone like that pretty early before he does any damage to you. Yeah, I agree. And the other loser from this matchup is another big-name guy, and that's um, Anthony Milford. And purely because Manly, I believe, um, defend uh, halves pretty well. And, you know, Milford has just gone absolutely terrible lately, 14 and 16 points the last two weeks himself, 418,000. I mean, it's, it's a hard one because I was actually saying to someone that in a few weeks I'm actually going to look at buying him for that Gold Coast New Zealand Bulldogs run of three weeks because I expect him to probably be, you know, sub 350 grand just for a bit of a spot start. But if you're an owner, you know, would you bother to, to hold him or do you think that there's going to be any any sign of life against Manly this week or is this going to be another, you know, possible single-digit scoring output? Uh, I wouldn't be holding him at all, mate. If anything, probably... Um... Nip him in the bud, then get him back in a couple of weeks when he really bottoms out, if you really think you want him back. But as, as an owner or even as someone just watching on from the sidelines, I'd be looking at, you know, realistically, what million dollar a year price tag, dividing that by the number of tackles and try assist and get, you've probably got something like, you know, $10,000 for a fucking tackle. <laughs> well, I really only mentioned Milford just for, um, just for a shout out to Catfish. So let's move on. A couple of interesting ones for me in the sort of mid-watch-by sort of category. Uh, a lot of people are just going to vomit when I say this. Corey Oates, um, I am interested. I I will say straight up, Billy, and I've said this to plenty of mates when I've been chatting about Corey Oates, and they made a remark about it that I chuckled about a fair bit on NRL 360 tonight where they said, you know, Wayne Bennett spent five years telling Corey Oates that he's not a second rower and he has to just sit on his wing. And now Anthony Seabold in desperation thinks that that's going to fix their pack. And I could not agree more. I do not think that Corey H will last the game in second row. I just think that the workload is going to kill him. But having said that, he is someone who is a dual center wing second row. Um, he is very cheap as well. And I'm going to be watching him this week. I don't really think that he's going to go well. But if he does, then I'm going to be interested because he might be... 
He's going to be under 300 grand after this week, potentially. Um, he's 317 at the moment with a 63 BE. Can you see it working out at all? And if it does and he sticks for a couple of games, would you bite the bullet and get in for someone, you know, running at an edge at the Titans in a couple of weeks? Uh, I, I wouldn't, mate. No, no, especially not this week. Just too many good options going around. And the one, the one, even if he was like a negative 20 break even, it was maybe playing the Titans. I'd still look at his, I'd still look at his work rate over the last couple of years and go, all right, so even though the blokes on the wing, how many times does he come in and take a, take a hit up? How many times does he come in, do the pig work to sort of help his forwards out? Never. Might take one or two runs. So why the hell is he all of a sudden think he's going to start doing that in 80 minutes on, on the left edge? I, I can't see it at all. And I, I don't even know why Seabold's doing this, mate. The only thing I can think of is you reckon he's got nothing on Wayne Bennett and this is maybe his way of saying, oh, well, you couldn't make it work. So maybe I'll give it a go. It's a decent theory, hey, because I, I, I really like, it's one of those weird things with, with rugby league where from a rugby, rugby league point of view, I, I think it's just awful. Like I'm just sitting there thinking Seabold's becoming a worse coach by the week. But in a super coach side of things, I'm sitting there thinking, I, I really hope I'm wrong and it works out because I'd like to buy him for 280k in a couple of weeks and for him to be this, you know, dual center wing second row that I can get real cheap. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a funny one. I, I honestly don't know. Your theory about why he's done it is about as good as any. TPJ is going to be back shortly. Whether he plays him on an edge or, or not is up for debate. David Fafita is not going to be back until at least round eight, if not later. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see this week on, on Oates. But, you know, I think we've done enough talking about the Broncos because I'm not too excited about them. Let's talk about the Seagulls. Their side hasn't changed too much. Let's just go straight to the man himself, Tommy Trevojevic. A lot of um, people had already got him in for Ponga last week. Tommy was good, um, but, you know, a mid-60s performance isn't going to be a shade on, on what Ponga managed to pull out. So anyone who did that trade, they must have been ready to just absolutely go to Bunnings and get the rope with how Travoy pitch went compared to how Ponga went with all the people that traded him out. Yeah. <laughs> I... um. I reckon they might make some back this week, but so I number one wouldn't be going wouldn't be going to Bonesto and I wouldn't be trading back to Ponga. I'd be holding Turbo this week hundred percent given um he scored sixty five last week and didn't really look like he did much. Like um obviously got oh, didn't get robbed, it wasn't forward at all, was it? Mate, <laughs> 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 I, I honestly watched that game and did and couldn't see how he scored sixty five. Um I obviously I, I watched it in fast forward because I was just trying to get get a couple of minutes in around the kids, but he looked like, he looked like he was pretty well contained most of the match. So a bloke a bloke playing um, the Eels who pretty much held a lot of t- a lot of teams defensively for the for the last few, few games for him to skill still to score sixty five without a try. Um, you can only imagine what he's going to do against the um, the Broncos, mate. So I would obviously be holding him, and as as a uh, Ponga and Turbo owner out there, you can only have two pullbacks. So I would say those two, all the owners of those two teams are probably shitting themselves as to what Teddy Andrews might be able to do this week. I'm actually deciding at the moment to sort of stick with um, with my Pat Pong combo and turn Pap into Teddy pretty soon. Um, Trevojevic, you mentioned it yourself. Looking at last week's game, yeah, he scored 62 points, but... He didn't look like he did very much, and that's one of the things that always scares me about Turbo, um, whereas Ponga, 
and especially Teddy, they rack up the tackle breaks and they have a lot of runs and they just seem to be doing that a lot more where they don't need the try assists and Ponga's obviously got the goal kicking. So I, I was obviously impressed with the 152 against the Bulldogs. 62 last week was decent for Teddy, but uh, for um, Trevojevic, but I'm actually going to hold off on him. If I was buying him though, geez, he might be a captaincy option straight up against the Bronx. Oh yeah, um, 100%. Um... It's either him or, him or us. There's not many other options later in the week that you would want a captain. Um, particularly not Lolo coming back off the off the injury. You never know if he's going to be benched or um, and any place in the 55, 60 minutes and come back easy. So your options are really sort of um, Haas or enough and nothing might actually be in turbo. So, yeah, straight out to the option, mate. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that you could do, I guess, is that you could look at him as a VC, and if he scores sort of 125, you could look at the loop, because it is the first game. Yeah, but the point is, if he doesn't score that, who, who do you see? You're up against him. A lot of people have done them half straight out that early, and he scored 80, what, 81 last week with only sort of 70, 70 minutes, and, and no line breaks, no nothing in a team that was absolutely flogged. I'm just going straight out with you. I would love to do a VC, but... I just can't see anyone that's going to guarantee me sort of 80 points later in the round. Yeah, it's a really good point that you make with Haas. And, I mean, I feel a little bit bad now that you mentioned it because he's one of those guys that's just so consistently high that it's just sort of almost boring. You know, like, so he doesn't get that much of a mention. Everyone just goes, oh, yeah, he's a beast. You know, 81, 87, 81, 74 points so far this year. 81 average. He's not really going to go huge. You're not going to get 125 or 150 out of him, but... He scored 80s the last three weeks. I'm sure that he'll step up against the Manly pack. He did pretty well against the Roosters last week. How cool was it at the end when he just started offloading like a fiend? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that. Um, I, uh, I just saw a few sporadic ones here and there, and I saw him go up for 10 minutes. So I really, I was really excited at that, knowing that you know, every man and his dog owns him. But I was hoping that it kind of quietened him down a little bit for, for the captain options. But yeah, he just kept showing it around, didn't he? Yeah, at the end, he um he, he just threw a few sneaky ones out there just to get the super coach stats up. I think it was sort of right when the game was over near the death. Oh, he, look, a bit of a segue, but speaking about Seabold with his craziness with Oates, I was speaking about this with Wilfred. I, I cannot for the life of me understand why he is intent on running Hayne passing to the ground. Like, it's great for super coach that he keeps playing big minutes, um, but <laughs> I, I do start to get concerned that you know, at some point he's going to have to reduce the minutes because it's just going to be too much on him. And when the Broncos have got the full pack, which isn't going to be this week, but it is going to be in the coming weeks, maybe he starts to take it a bit easier on him. Well, he did play 70 minutes last week and scored 81, so maybe that is Seagull taking it easier on him. <laughs> fair point, mate, fair point. Out of the two, who are you going to choose? I mean, for me, I guess it's if if you're going for captaincy, uh, Haas is going to be you know the staple where he's going to get you the 75, 80 points. But the upside shot is for Turbo, I guess, for the lower floor. Oh, it, mate! If I own a Turbo, I'd be hundred percent, hundred percent going. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm always a sucker for the upside. If you're in the if you're in the pointy end of things and you're right up there in the top hundred or something, Haas is probably a safer safer bet. But I'd be going Turbo for the upside. Other than that, talking about Haas going up against his Seagulls pack, I tell you someone who's not a loser from team list, but I tell you what, should be a loser as far as he scores the last couple of weeks. Marty Tapao, uh, the people that did start with him, he hasn't been too fantastic, and there's been a lot of other 
kind of under the radar props that have come in that have been doing really well in the front row forward spots. The last two weeks, Marty's got 48, 57 points. I know that you're a pretty big Marty fan. He's 550k with a 76 BE. He's just not getting the minutes. He's getting between 45 and 49 minutes consistently every single week. And I don't really see that changing too much with that minutes average. Um, and because of that, the last two weeks he's really suffered. He's came out the season averaging, you know, 63 across the first two games. But the last two games, he isn't even averaging quite mid-50s. So I, I tend to think that you obviously can't this week, mate, but it's got to be a bit of a concern. I, I would have him on my list of guys that I'm going to trade out the next couple of weeks myself. He's never been on my radar. Um, I actually don't lie. Probably once in the last four or five years I've had him on my radar and that would have been just around origin time which I didn't end up buying him because I'm an idiot and he scored 100 or something um, he, he's just, just one of those guys that only is only ever going to play sort of um, 45 sort of 50 minutes um, and he's got to have that offload um, which he really does he throws it around but um, his point per minute might be insane but even if it is sort of 1.4 or 1.5 or and, he's, and he's playing sort of you know, 48 minutes, you're not going to get that, that big score out of him out of consistently. So 500k and uh, a means to an end at the beginning of the season or end of the season and you, and you just need a pod, then yeah, good. But I, I can't see any sort of real value in him, mate. No, I think he's a sell at the moment. I'd be looking to get him out. If there wasn't cheapies this week, I, I'd be getting him out now. Uh, one guy I'm going to give a shout-out to just before we look on some predictions on what's going to happen this game. Complete pod option, mate. Um, my big call... Big Ball's call for this game is going to be that Curtis Sirenen is going to come close to tonning up going against that Broncos edge. Two weeks ago against the Bulldogs edge, he threw up 113 points, scoring one try. I reckon he's going to get a try this week against the Broncos. Big big pay on sports bet for that one, for our potential sponsorship. We'll keep mentioning them. And uh, <laughs> 100 points, 100 points or pretty close to it for Curtis this week's my big call. Just tell them how much I lose every weekend on the GGs, mate. Hello, Gisha. Have you got any big calls for this one that you want to you want to put out there? Nah, mate. I, I, I would have just been going um, going in edgy, like you said, but probably probably picking whoever's running at um, Oates. So Ciro's right side, isn't he? Um, which would mean, yeah, we left side. Yeah, he'll, he'll be running at Oates, so probably a good call, mate. Uh, I don't see the Broncos really. I think that they're going to try a lot harder. Um, I certainly don't think Ben Teo, six years removed and playing inside centre in rugby union since he's gone from rugby league, is going to help them very much at all. But uh, I still think that Manly will win comfortably. I think that Manly's probably 20-point winners. They're going to step up a bit, the Broncos, but they're not going to be able to get within 20 of the Seagulls, I reckon. Yeah, probably. Actually, you want to hear something funny? Um, last week, I was I was trying to do a first try score, a multi, and I... Um, I saw a Bradman Best uh, twenty to one on Sportsbet first try score and a four dollars anytime try scorer. I was tossing up whether to go him or the winger, so I thought, ah, I'll go uh, Jordan Rapata first try scorer into our best, <laughs> into best anytime. Give he's a beast. He'll probably score anytime. But, you know, Ray, Ray is a short price favourite, so I go to right side winger. Little did I know, <laughs> Rapata was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> And best win first try score, mate. I was filthy. <laughs> Huge, mate. Well, you know, I backed the Dragons again yesterday, so that was probably worse than that. <laughs> you probably had more chance for a partner coming in off the bench and scoring a try for you than me getting a Dragons win. Oh, I was filthy. I should have paid attention to the team list. 
Well, they had, they, I mean, they changed it the week before. Uh, Simonson went back and, and Rapana ended up starting the week before. So it's a bit of a strange one. Look, we should probably move on, though, to the next game. We've got the Warriors and Cowboys. It's a 6 p.m. Friday game. On the Warriors side of things, they've got Lachlan Burr returning from his HIA. and He replaces Isaiah Papali'i in the starting side. And Papali'i is actually in Jersey 21. Mate, we've picked that one like a dirty nose. We've said at the start of the season, he's not going to last in the starting lineup, and he's not even got a bench roll at the moment. That's how bad he's going. Yeah, I kind of took your word on that one. <laughs> I, I don't trust any Warriors rotation, mate. And didn't even, didn't even buy the cheapie at the start of the year for that reason. Just didn't trust the rotation. But, um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, the, the only ones I do like in that team is, you know, Katawa for making money. And I'll tell you what, and... and you can say the bloody name. Janaya Brown, would he be caught? Tanel Brown. Tanel, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sneakishly get 60 points a game somehow. So they're the only ones I trust in that team, mate. That's the big winners from this. Tanel Brown and um, Alisa Katoa are both starting again for this Warriors side. And, uh, I mean, it's Brown's got 60 and 70 points the last two weeks. And he's averaging 47 in raw base as it is, but on the weekend he had 58 in raw base, which is just phenomenal. Um, his minutes were only 36 on the weekend, though, for his 60 points. That is incredible, wow. especially for a rookie. Like, I, I'd like to say I don't think he can keep it up, but he got 70 points in 39 minutes the week before. He's almost like a, you know, an under half a game starter for super coaches at the moment, the way he's playing. Yeah, I was going to mention this week, but as soon as you mentioned that, <laughs> we'll talk about him a little bit later. But I can't decide between him and um, little, to start with Leah. I, I, I can't handle him moving to the left side. It just it seems like less involvement. Yeah, it's, 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 it's occasionally you'll get these guys that come along that that just break all the rules for super coach. You know, if you've got a low minute rookie, you know, forward whether they're middle or edge that's playing, you know, 38 minutes a game, you'd absolutely never start them. Like, you just wouldn't. But this guy has a 1.4 PPM at the moment for the season, much bigger than that in the last two weeks. And it's just, it's going to be pretty hard to bench him in your 17, really. Yeah, I know. Depends where you are in, in, in the rankings. But if you're up the top, you can probably play him each week now and you're just going to get a stake 50 to 60. Whereas if you're behind, you probably need, need to take a bit more of a risk. Even though there is only, there's still 15, 15 sort of games left, um, you, you need to make up some points somewhere real quick before the teams are, uh, are vanilla, mate. I, I'm just, I, I just can't bring myself to do it with someone that's at lower minutes. I just have to think to myself that his PPM is going to come down from what it has been the last two weeks. I just don't think he can keep it up. If he does, then I'm going to look silly, but you know, that's the, that's what I'm going to do. With Katoa, um, he's obviously named as well, and I did start him because he played phenomenal against the Dragons, had a massive score, and I thought after that, right, he scored 86 points, he passed the eye test, he even got a try in that one, but his base was 51. He got 68 minutes, which was really high. I was locked into him and thought, you know, he's a no-brainer. He might actually end up being like a, a 20th man or something because he looks that good on the field and you keep him in your side. Last week, yeah. against Penrith, 34 points in 72 minutes, Billy. How many errors did he make, but? Oh, I think he made three. Yeah, every time I looked at him on the TV, he was dropping something. So give him, uh, give him a little bit, a little bit of leeway. But yeah, it wasn't pretty. That's for sure. 
So, I mean, he's obviously named a starting that edge again. He's still getting the 70-odd minutes. Uh, would you just go again against that Cowboys edge, or would last week be enough for you to say, I'm not going to put him in the 17? Oh, he's probably... He's probably one of the one of the stronger third or fourth sort of options a lot of people have. Um, I'm a little bit sort of luxurious at the moment. I don't have to play him, um, uh, but I'd still be sort of playing if if it meant the difference between him and playing a centre three quarter or another half. Or I'd probably give him a go over Janelle Brown. Only only because he looks. He's one of those players that can probably bounce back. Maybe give you sort of forty forty five points on, on in base, and hopefully he goes over the edge versus the Cowboys. Um, maybe you make that decision. Is Tom Lolo bench hundred percent playing? Is 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 Lolo back? Are they maybe get a four. Who knows? Fifty fifty call, mate. Yeah, I, I'd probably lean towards Katoa over to Noel Brown, just because of the minutes and how long he's going to be out there for. I think he can get the points a bit easier, but. I don't play either of them because um, you said that you're in a luxurious position, mate. I am six-star Hilton Hotel penthouse luxury. That's the position I'm in at the moment. I've got, like, Ponga, Tuppany, Horsburgh, and Best as my four reserves. I don't think I can put any of these Warriors over those four guys. You call that luxury? Well, compared to playing, you know, rookie Warriors back rowers, I reckon it is. <laughs> We'll talk, we'll talk about my Raiders boys shortly, all right? Don't worry. You probably didn't even see their stats. But for the for the rest of this Warriors side, though, the potential gun to potentially watch, but I would say that he's a buy now. Um, guy that keeps flying under the radar. He's got about 2% ownership at the moment. 570,000, 23 BE. Last two weeks, 87 points, 79 points. The base for those games, 85 raw base and 75 raw base the last two weeks. Coming up against the Cowboys, that is Tohu Harris. Now, he's actually been named in an edge jersey. Um, he's gotten those, um, he's gotten some of those points playing a bit in the middle, but he's been named on, I think, that 12 jersey most of the time, and Blair's been moved to the bench some of the time. Have you have you looked at him? Because I, honestly, he's the last two weeks that raw base numbers that he's putting up, and even with the Warriors getting cream last week and looking really bad against Penrith, oh, I think that he's gone completely under the radar, and he's a great pod to consider. Yeah, he has been sort of going under the radar. A few others have caught him out. I think someone said he's been playing middle, so he might be named on the edge, but he's been rotating middle or playing a lot more in the middle. So yep. don't, don't be fooled by that. Don't be fooled by that. Is a lot of the commentary I've seen running around. Um, not sure what his base has been, but I know it's been sort of pretty high. But uh, unless he was named it's sort of available at centre three quarter, not really interested in me. I'm, I'm more keen on blokes like. Um, um, and then uh, McKinnis, who who can punch the same sort of numbers, he knows he's going to stay in the middle. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I just uh, the last two weeks has really impressed me. Seventy-five and eighty-five raw base is just massive, and only five hundred seventy k. He's got about uh, eighty thousand dollars less than what McKinnis is. So there's a bit of a you know a bit of a cheaper option. And ordinarily, you would have said, oh, but he's in a worse team that's less likely to score points. Dragons haven't, Dragons haven't bloody scored since March, though, so I mean, he's got more chance than McGuinness has. Yeah, yeah, true that. The, the, the only difference is, you know, there's a guarantee that one's going, one's going to play middle and not going to go back to the edge. That's the only concern, but um, nothing's guaranteed in, in this game, mate. So, yeah, maybe maybe he's the one sort of pod that a few people need if you, if you, if you need to take that route. Yep. Um, on the Cowboys side of things, 
there's quite a few changes. Hampton, Granville, and Asiata are all out, I believe, through injuries for all of them. Asiata's out for up to six weeks. The other big change from that is that we get to see Tabu Fido, which I'm sure that I've pronounced incorrectly, so I apologise. Billy, I'm not even going to make you say that one. Reese Robson takes over at hooker uh, from Granville. And Rubicott is on the bench. Hess's name missed the game last week. Probably the big winners here, Billy. Um, Cohen Hess being back is huge because he's been pretty good, but we've spoken about him quite a bit. Um, I'm interested to see how Fido does, but Hampton will probably be back pretty soon. Um, I, I, I'm not really seeing many buys here, but I tell you what, I wish Reese Robson was a lot cheaper because he's a big winner out of TLT for me for this Cowboys side. Reese Robson has looked fantastic. He's got a BE of four, and he's just a shade under 410,000. He's got 37 points for his 53 minutes last week, but the week before he threw 94 points down against the Gold Coast Titans with two tries and absolutely carved them up. Looks spectacular. If he manages to secure, you know, 80 minutes even for a couple of weeks, he could actually make a bit of money. I think he could do pretty well against the Warriors this week. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing when Penrith played the Warriors. Not really too sure what to make of it. I think there's just too many other options for him to be, him to be actually viable for anyone this week. Um, not not too sure how many will actually own him. Um, it's a good shout out. It's probably probably he's probably more of a, of a sports bet type money ball type player, but you can't even sort of do money money ball at the moment. So I'm not. I can't see how anyone 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 would get any actual value out of that trade. Yeah, it's a tough, like, it's really, you know, a draft, I'd be going after him in draft, and if our mates Moneyball, yeah, true. if our mates Moneyball got the, got their act together for you, and you could be hitting that up every weekend like you were before, you know, you'd definitely be getting Reese Robson in for, for Moneyball, but, I mean, Cotter, Gilbert, Wright, and Cooper are the bench for the Cowboys, it's going to be interesting. Reese Robson deserves a shout just for playing really well, even if he's a completely left field, probably won't work out move for Supercoach. Somebody who is a superstar of Supercoach, though, that I'm eyeing off uh, for this week just for his owners because I reckon he's going to have a blockbuster, is your mate Valentine Holmes. So Holmesy is just under 600k at the moment. He's got a BE of 62, and he's coming off his worst score of the season, which was meant to be his revenge game against the Sharkies, and he only threw up 32 points. I thought the Cows were pretty poor last week. I thought that Holmes was pretty poor as well, but... In saying that, against the Warriors, I reckon that he's going to go back to um, to what he was doing the first few weeks of the season for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lalo out last week, obviously hurt a fair bit. Just takes some of that forward momentum out of the way that might have been that little bit of an edge for him. Um, yeah, that's what hurt me last week. Sort of being being set up to play him as well as Hampton, as well as sort of Masters in the one game, really really hurt. Um, the draw for the next for the next couple of weeks is pretty good, so I'm going to resist the temptation to sort of sell him to Teddy. I'm just going to uh, go to the other two guys I spoke about earlier and pray that he sort of comes good again. He was um, I, I had Ponga and traded him out to um, uh, Holmes a couple of weeks ago, so just trying to figure out how far behind it is. Like uh, if you go back two weeks, it was a great trade. Got 93 points or 103 points off Holmes, which is good. Um, yeah, Teddy, uh, Pong has scored, what, 156 this week, so take 50 points off that. You've got to do the math and figure out how far behind you are. So probably didn't work out in hindsight, but 
would have been a lot better if he scored more than 30 last week. <laughs> yeah, he had a real shocker. Like, everyone was expecting last week for him to, you know, really be fired up for the Sharks game, and he just wasn't. Um, but I've seen so many people trading him out and, like, you know, going, oh, I'm going to go, you know, Turbo or Teddy. I, I, I would really like to hold him for two weeks if I owned him. Warriors and Tigers are the next two matchups, and I do think that he'll go well against the Warriors this week. I would take the opportunity because you've got that matchup with him to play him against the Warriors and actually fix some other spots in your side up first. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he, if you if you're behind and you're trying to catch up, he's one of those guys that's going to allow you to catch up. And the reason is because the two guys that have caused people to surge ahead in the last two weeks are the two guys that play fullback. None of those guys are going to have this have this look because you can only have two or two positions. So those guys, those guys at the top of the, of the leaderboard. A lot of those don't have Teddy or don't have um, this like gear. So if you're going to catch up, you need to find a way to do that. And, by, and doing that is not trading to Turbo or not trading to um, um, Ponga, although it's a risk in them going further. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Ponga when we get to that one. But, I mean, everything that you're saying is is really essentially chasing points. And I think that we've seen the last few weeks what happens when you chase points. You know, there was people that got in... Uh, Valentine Holmes, even after his 102 points that got burnt, you know, then there's people that were chasing by sending Valentine Holmes out and, you know, going to a, a turbo for the, for this last week and, or, or Ponga to turbo even was worse. And you, if you keep chasing those points because there's been a couple of big scores that someone's put up as monsters, you're not going to hit those monsters because guys generally don't do it three, four, five, six weeks in a row. So if they've already put together a couple of big scores, you're probably unlikely to get another big one from that fullback the next game. So you just got to either get them in and be patient or just ride who you've got for their big score if they're a superstar like Holmes is. And tell yourself this, even if you get a bloke like that in and they go massive and score 150, you're not gaining any ground because the people ahead of you already have that bloke. So you may as well, may as well to your guns. You made the decision, sleep in the bed. Yep. Um, Tom Malolo's been named in Jersey 20. I have a confession to make Billy. I sold him last week. I said to myself, what would Billy do? And Billy would say, we've got that many trades. You can do whatever you want. I traded Ponger after he was out for only one game as well. And he was guaranteed to come back. So you got rid of Ponger just for that one week. Um, I said to myself, I'm getting rid of Tom Malolo in case he's out two to three weeks. I am death riding that he drops off that extended bench and he doesn't play this week. If he does play, obviously you're going to play him and he could go well against the Warriors, but I could see him playing reduced minutes, especially if the cows get up, and I certainly wouldn't be going near with a captaincy or anything like that. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't go near him with a captain, but um, even if he's named on the bench, I'd, I'd still play him if you owned him because he, he's going to come on after 20 minutes and you, you know he'll, he'll, play the, he'll play the rest of the game. He's not going to sit there from... So, you know, it's the 50 minutes and do nothing. So I'd much rather a 60-minute 60, 60 Lolo than um, Katara or someone like that. I mean, a bloke like Junior Brown, I get right? Pretty close. <laughs> he's, only going to play, he's only going to play 38 minutes. So why not Why not have Lolo for 60? Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you're going to play him if he's there. I, I'm going to I'm gonna guess that he's not going to be there, just positive thinking for me. So I, I get to miss him. Nah. Yeah, out of my side for two weeks worked out perfectly. I'll get him in next week. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he plays early enough to make a decision anyway, so you don't be fine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Scott Drinkwater is probably the other guy to mention. He's 437k. He's made a bit of cash. 
now made you know, 75k, but he's approached the point where he's got a 51 BE, and he only scored 39 points last week. So he needs a big game against the Warriors. Um, having said that, the last two weeks, Billy, even last week against the Sharks, I, I will say I've thought that he's looked good on the field. I thought he's been dudded some points from some good stuff that he's done that he hasn't gotten credit for. Um, forward passes a couple of weeks ago were, were killer. I think that he's in for a big one against the Warriors. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be selling him this week. I reckon that he's got two weeks of big scores against the Warriors and Tigers, and that could get him jump-started back up to making money again, and we could make an extra 60, 70 grand out of him pretty easy. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to play him this week. I, I bought him for this matchup. I'm going to play him. Um, disappointed that he um, hasn't scored more than, than, than what he has. He seems really involved, but it just seems like a lot of his a lot of, a lot of his lot of his sort of fifth option attack is from is from kicks. Um like the one the one to Masters really was really about that one, spewing. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it seems like his passing game is only sort of, you know, five metres out from, from the line on, on, on the left hand side. Like he'll go looking for Holmes or Hampton at left. Other than that, as soon as he goes right, it's just the, the, the kick the cross for kick. Um, and, a, and a bloke in the halves, you're really looking for someone that's going to have line break assist, not just to throw a bomb in the air and hopefully get a couple of tall pointers. So he he shouldn't be sticking your team for too long. You, you got you got to move him on pretty quick. But I reckon uh, this week and next week, maybe maybe take the risk of playing sort of one game or maybe two that then pissing off. Yeah, I might not getting rid of him in about two weeks' time. I think he's going to score well the next two weeks. I'm 100% playing him against the Warriors. I reckon he'll score 65-plus this week. Um, but you mentioned my mate, Hassan Masters. I'd be loath not to talk about him. It's a love-hate thing, Billy. I'm going to hold him. I've seen a lot of people sell him because he's got a 66 BE. His last three games, he's got 47, 38, 48, no attacking stats or clutch attack stats. I'm pretty stubborn. Um, he's, I'm going to look on the bright side. He scored 48 points last week. Not getting the ball, um, not getting enough involvement, which was not really his fault, and he still scored 48 points. I've, I'm going to call that a win for my centre-wing play of him, and I think that if he's going to score a try, it's going to be in the next two weeks. He's playing the Warriors, and then he's playing his old team, the Tigers, who he left fairly angry about um, having to leave, and I don't think that he was happy with the Tigers, so I'm expecting a revenge game. I think you can score a try both these next two weeks in a row and end up, you know, kick-starting your season again. Yeah, I think he can too. I'm still concerned though, because um, Drinkwater obviously plays on the um, on the left, the left hand side, not the right. So you just you're just going to get a couple of kicks if anything. Um, the, uh, the the other kid sort of looks all right, can do like a little bit, but um, a lot of it seems to go left. So. I'm concerned about how much ball Masters is actually going to get close to the line that might actually give him like a line break because a lot of this stuff just just seems to be sort of 35 to 45 points in base, which is exactly what you want from a centre three quarter. But you, you want him to have that clutch too, and I'm, I'm more concerned he's not getting it. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, he's gotten you know a couple of offloads a game and a, f- a few tackle breaks, which has been great. But it's a far cry from you know his seven offload game to start the season and. I think he had 11 offloads or something like that the first two weeks and a heap of tackle breaks more than what he did the last two weeks. So the base attack dropping off is the biggest concern for me. Uh, but I'm going to play him this week for sure and I'm definitely not selling him. 
Um, where do you think that this one's going to go, Billy? I'm going to call the Cowboys win, and I reckon they're going to win by 16, uh, and I think the Tumbler is still not going to play. I reckon they'll have plays. Um, I don't think they would have bothered even naming him if he wasn't anywhere near close. Yeah, Cowboys for the win, how much? Not really sure, but I'll tell you what, the Warriors have been sort of holding some, holding some teams off lately. They're, they're chipping in and giving it a go. So I wouldn't put the cows up by too much, but yeah, probably sort of 12, 14 points. Eels versus Panthers, the next game. Eels. Eels. <laughs> well, of course the Eels are going to win because our man Nathan Brown's back from suspension, so Nakora's back to the bench. Um, that's a good change for the Eels side. So I love Nathan Brown. I'm going to be watching him for a few weeks before I look at pulling that trigger again, though. For the Panthers side of things, Nathan Cleary's back and he's another gun that comes back into this game. And that means Matt Burton's been sent to the bench. Mitch Kenny's out of the team. So a lot of people thought uh, Luai would actually, you know, get benched or dropped altogether and Burton would, would start because he's looked really good. He's got a low uh, low BE, would have made heaps of money, only cost 211k. People were eyeing him off for a downgrade. Didn't happen, mate. Burton's on the bench and now looks like we're not going to be able to buy him at any point in the near future. The way the halves have played out the last couple of weeks, you think that Luai wouldn't be there, but it's not not to be. So I'm not even sure how he's going to play second fiddle when when Cleary comes back because he, he he seemed like he was playing sort of second string to the, to, the, to the young boy the last couple of weeks. So not not even sure he's even going to get the ball with Cleary around. So I'd, I'd like to kind of sell him right now if I could, but bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about Cleary straight up because he is a superstar in this Panthers lineup. I've seen people looking at getting him in straight away for this um, and have been like, you know, basically waiting for him to come back and then they're trying to trade him in for 630k. I I know you really love Cleary. I do think that he's a great half, probably the number one half. But in saying that, I, I wouldn't be rushing to get him into a, a game at Bank West against the Eels when he hasn't played you know, for quite some time. I, I don't see the, the issue in trying to rush him in for this week. Yeah, and uh, I haven't seen the Eels play this good for a long time. I think um, normally the defence has been absolutely atrocious and they and the only games that they do win are ones where they where they throw it around. They score sort of, you know, 24, sort of 28 points. And they, they might win, you know, sort of 28, 24. But they're... I'm not sure what the for and against is, but they haven't really been letting, letting much through, so I'm not willing to risk a bloke like um, Cleary coming in and dominating um, at, at Bankwest. I'm kind of back in the heels to kind of go on with it here. I, I, I can't remember the last time we saw him win five in a row, let, let alone five to start the season. It'll be magic to see, um, and Cleary is dangerous, but I don't think they'll be backing him first up. No, he hasn't played for almost three months or something. Like, that's the other thing to consider. And I guess it's some people might want to ride off the heels and say, oh, you know, we're not convinced yet or whatever. They've been playing well, like you said, but it's the heels this week and then it's the storm after that. Like, I, I don't think this is the best two-week period to be looking at trying to get a 630k half in. Uh, I'd, I'd just be waiting it out myself. I wouldn't be rushing him in. Um, if you if you aimed him, like, surely you're playing, though, this week. Yeah, if you, if you own him, you, if you own him 100%, you're playing him, but... Um... That bloke from Canberra seems to be going really well, so more than happy to just keep playing him for the moment. Yep. Um, the other big players to consider getting in, although I think many people have jumped on Yao already. Yao, um, a bit surprising last week. He didn't get his 80 minutes, so 
I was really happy with that last week because obviously I said to you I bypassed him. I ended up with 59 minutes. Um, still had a great work rate, 43 tackles, 14 hit-ups of uh, offload in there. You know, he still scored in the 60s again. But that was a bit of cause for me to sort of cheer Billy. He's not going to go up. He's not going to get to the 600s with how he scored now with his break-evens. Do you think that um, Yao's going to continue to just play that sort of 59-minute role now, or do you think that he's going to go back up to 80 and it was a bit of an anomaly last week? Like, are you concerned as an owner? Not concerned because I know I'm still going to get going to get to the 55, 60, 60 points out of him in base, which for seven three quarter is phenomenal. It's going to be in the tops of the two or three for the season. So he's he's a set in stone. It's just more frust- more frustrating that you know had to make a decision last week on who to get and ended up choosing a bloke like him instead of best because there was the, un- the unknown whether 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 he was or not he was going to get 60 already. Coach had been playing for 80, so it was kind of, oh, we'll roll with it just in case. Then all of a sudden, yeah, back to 60, and it's kind of a shit should have got best. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy just to, to, to ignore Yao now and hope that he just keeps going downhill. Um, his other partner in the second row is Kurt Caveball. He scored 80, he scored 62 points in his full 80 minutes that he played last week. He's only 400k. He's coming up to his first price rise after this week with a minus 20 BE. If I owned uh, one of Best or, or Grant um, and I could get, you know, a Kurt Capewell in, I'd certainly consider it in the centre wing. If I didn't own Yao, I wouldn't want both of them. But, you know, if you let, if I let that boat go and I got one of Grant or Best last week, I, I would consider Kurt Capewell this week. I think he's looked pretty good the last two weeks. Yeah, I've seen a couple flirt, flirting with the idea of him the last of the couple of weeks. Um, doesn't pass the eye test for me. I just, I just don't really like him. He just doesn't seem to have that work rate. Um, and he, even if he does, he just doesn't look dangerous with the ball at all. Um, maybe Cleary makes it makes a difference for him coming back and playing right side. So maybe he gets a bit more there. He's certainly not not the worst by that. That's hundred. That's hundred hundred percent for sure. But I just have a couple other guys in front of him. Like oh, Yeo would be one. Mansour is the other. Lots of people already have stags, and I can't see them kind of giving up on him sort of just yet. Uh, Throwing Bradman best, and that, there, there's there's four blokes pretty much straight there already. So don't really kind of unless he's going to sort of take stag spot. I don't really see him in the sort of that top four echelon, echelon there. So and the fact that he's not going to score 100 points, you can probably sort of lay him. He scored 89 in um, his first game of the season. So I mean, he can. It's not a hundred. It's not, it's not 100 yeah. points, is it, Dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, he's got 57 base in the year, had 58 raw base last game against the Warriors, and 56 in raw base the week before. That's pretty bloody good for a centre win, and he's only 400k, so I think he's more of an option than what you like, but I do get what you're saying. If you had to choose, like, let's, let's pretend that Capewell's guaranteed 80 minutes for the rest of the year. He's going to play 80 minutes this week, and Yao's only going to play 59 minutes this week, and that's going to be his minutes going oh. forward. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle. Even taking, I'm, take, I'm, I'm taking the I'm taking the fifty five sixty points in the middle for the bloke that actually looks dangerous from time to time off Appy, not the bloke that uh, might score sort of forty five and maybe get a try every now and then. All right. Well, I'm not sure about that. I, I always like the eighty minute guy, but we'll see. Um, I'm probably not going to get to own either of them anyway, so it's not going to matter for me. Speaking of Appy, he played seventy minutes on the weekend and actually got spelled. With Burton on the bench, you know, do you think he goes back up to 80? Can you see Luai or Burton getting thrown into hooker? Or you know, how do you think that rotation is going to work for Appy? 
oh mate, I couldn't tell you. I don't even know why he was spelled to start with. He, he was he was going really strong. It's almost like the coach said, look, I know you don't need a rest, but I just want to give this bloke a, a, a couple of minutes on the field. I don't know where to put him, so do you mind coming off for a bit? <laughs> I, just, I just don't see why that rotation had to happen. I'm not sure. I think it is a concern that he had a five-minute spell in round three and now he's had a ten-minute spell last week. Um, but his points have gone down as well. He scored 56 on the weekend, which is okay, not great, but it's okay. It means he's be at BE's 28, though. So, you know, at 490-odd K, he's starting to peak. And after after this week, he, he's probably going to peak. And then he's going to peak while he's going to be playing Melbourne that following week. So... Big question. I know he's played really well this year. Obviously, you're going to play him against Para, but would you play him this week and then consider selling him? Yeah, that's my plan. That's what's happening. It was originally going to be just a straight upgrade to um, Cook, either this week or next week. Preferred this week with the Titans, but given how well Grant's going, just going to go straight straight into Grant with like from the um, young Bradley kid. But um, the the luxury item for me is. Uh, What's his name? Walters has been omitted from the bench, so he's not going to lose any coin. And he had his duel, got him a sort of uh, halfback at the moment. So next week, just sort of pump sort of Abbey, move, move, move Grant up as a as an NPR, just sitting there, not losing any coin, coin as a backup, play Grant, and then that's the coin to get Cleary next week. Yep, sounds like a good all, all plan. Or the week after, sorry, after he plays Melbourne. Yep, I'm going to I'm going to sell Appy as well. I'm a little bit concerned that. He wasn't going to be able to keep it up, and that you know I'm I'm probably going to sell him, but I'll have to if I get Green in this week. So it, I think he's going to become Cook next week for me as well, Happy. So with Happy this week with playing him, obviously we're all going to play him. I, we've both spoken, Billy, about middle forward scoring points against the Parramatta side. Appy's the sort of guy that gives middle forwards points. He sort of darts out from dummy half, gets your try assists or whatever. I think that he could end up giving us a good game this week, even though we're going to sell him afterwards. I think he's going to score his 75 points plus this week. Yeah, I have to go and have a look, have a look at the numbers because those numbers have obviously been based off the last couple of years. But they've got a they've got Junior Paulo back, Campbell Gillard's there, Madison is on one edge. Um, maybe it's changed it a little bit this year. Um, I need to go and have a look and see if any if any forwards have gone over against them, but. Um, yeah, there's still two years worth of data there, so it's not not like anyone's going to sell Appy this week, so he might be right there. Um, I'm just going to mention another Penrith guy. Penrith have got a lot of super coach options at the moment. They're just one of those super coach uh, plethora of option teams. But James Fisher-Harris, I know that you've never really liked him too much. The last two weeks, no, no one's spoken about him at all. The bloke threw out a 90-point game against the Warriors in base and base attack. He had 82 points in raw base last week. And the week before, he still threw out 68 points with 62 points in raw base. He's actually averaging 69 for the season. And if you take out his dud game in round two, where he scored 41 points because he only played 59 minutes, he, he's actually averaging about 75 points for those three games. So he, he's gone completely under the radar, mate. Sub 600. He's a front row forward, second row forward dual. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm buying him this week or anything or even next week, but I tell you what, he deserves to be spoken about and he is a serious pot option. Well, yeah, he's just one of those players that you can't sort of guarantee the minutes, but, and given that he's, um, all base, you could, you could, you could have the luxury of 
uh, by a good bloke like him or Clamour and you know scoring um, you know, scoring seventy five two weeks in a row. But then all of a sudden mid game the 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 week or two after that he's only going to score your your sort of fifty eight or your sixty two. Then all of a sudden you lose the value. So um, I know what you're saying. Really good option. Probably not at his price. I'd much rather go elsewhere, but pull up, pull up Let's talk about your reels, because I know that you're excited to. So they've got quite a few options themselves. I'm, I've obviously been a fan of Madison. Um, he looked like he was going to have a lower score last week, but it's just this crazy thing with the Supercoach scoring this season where every forward seems to go up 25% on their score, or constantly. The whole season it's been that way. Um, I think he had like 50 points and he went up to 65 so, you know, yeah. he, he's gone 65, 99, 86, and 62 in the last four weeks. Still a great score. 55 in raw base last week was actually his best raw base game of the year because he didn't get as many offloads and tackle breaks in there with his base base attack. Um, I'm expecting him to still keep going. He's got a 67 BE at the moment, so you don't have to get him this week if you don't own him. He's looking... You said who you're going to captain if you know Captain Haas and Turbo. You know, I'm... I'm considering um, someone like Madison last week. 65 wasn't a great score, but obviously the the two weeks before he did 99 and 86. I reckon he might step up against this um, this edge defence from this Penrith side. Oh, I think he could have a, a 70 plus one this week, and if he goes over for a try, you know we're looking at a ton. So I, I am considering him as a captain, mate. Yeah, not, not the worst option. Um, you're shooting yourself <laughs> if you saw that 48, 48 at, the, at the end of the game before upgrades. Um, <laughs> He's just one of those guys. You, you really got to hope that he's on more than sort of twenty-five at half time. Otherwise, you you sort of in that sort of you know, curled up on the couch when you're there praying for something in, in sort of thirty minutes, twenty-five minutes, twenty minutes. Um, it's not the best feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's an option if you're going to go the BC route and wanted the BC and and had to choose a late C in the weekend. He's probably one of the two or three people that you would actually choose for stability. Yep. I reckon so as well. Is it VC Turbo and and C Madison has quite a bit of merit, I think. Um, Mitchell Moses hasn't gone that great the last couple of weeks, 59 or 56 points. But I have to say, you know, one of the things I was mentioning to Catfish, among others, was um, you know, if 56 and 59 are his bad games, I'm pretty happy with that for Mitchell Moses. Um, it's obviously Moses' first Cleary head-to-head. I've seen some people even going Moses to Cleary as a trade for this week. Um, I wouldn't be doing that. I'm... Generally, Moses doesn't go sort of three games in a row without three or four games in a row without having one big one in there. You know, do you think he could have a big one this week at Bank West versus the Western Rivals and the Panthers? Maybe, but with Moses, I've seen some of his low scores before. Those fifty-fives and sixties are kind of big compared to that. So <laughs> maybe he is having a low one this week. I think he's turned a corner, mate. The goal kicking really helps him, obviously. Um, but I'm planning on having a Moses-Cleary halves combo as soon as I can. I wouldn't be trading Moses to Cleary, and I expect a big nah. game out of him this week. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't be trading him. I did, uh, I did hear an interesting point from... Um, who was it? Might have been, been Sterlo or someone else. But the the first three games this year, someone made a comment around the way, his style of play. Um, actually, it might have been Joey. Joey was saying, um, if you look at Mitchell play the last couple of years, he's he's always tried to come up with that sort of big play, something kind of fantastic on 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 the fifth, on the um, fourth fifth option. 
Whereas now he sees he just sees to be more content, sort of shuffling the ball out to um, shuffling it shuffling out to Brown and trusting what he's going to do with it with a fourth or fifth tackle option. So it's good to see them kind of sharing it around, maybe taking a bit of the pressure off him, so he just doesn't feel like he has to be creative all the time. And it just seems to be sort of a bit more natural for his game, like doesn't have to try to think out of the box too much. And when he gets when he does get that ball, sort of 15, 20 meters out, it's it's not always just a bomb or a flick pass or trying to trying to be too tricky. Like he's he's just actually doing what he's supposed to do. I think that his game matured heaps. Like I'm a big fan of how well he's playing now. Like I, I I really didn't like him as a player three or four years ago at the Tigers. I thought he was dog shit to be honest. Like I yeah, and I didn't think he was I didn't think he was ever going to be able to tackle well. I thought that the contract that Parramatta gave him was absolutely absurd. And you know what? He's proved me wrong. I you know I think he's value for money now, and he's a really good half. And he's one of the things that I'm really impressed with him, and I saw it last week. Last week, the thing that I really liked is that he's not scared anymore. He's only a small half, but he was going in and putting himself into those tackles. You know, like he was he was really going for it. He wasn't scared, and he wasn't dropping off. And if he missed a tackle, it didn't matter. He put it all into it. And likewise as well, he was running at holes at full speed last week. Like there was three or four times when I thought that he was just going to go straight through and he's really pushed and punished a couple of forwards to have to really put in that extra effort to try and grab him before he made a line break. He didn't care about getting hit. So like, I'm massive fan with how he played last week in his running game, and that's why I reckon he's going to go well this week against Penrith too. I reckon his running game could could hurt them a little bit. Yeah, we don't really have a good record against Penrith, um, particularly at Penrith, but I think Christ is not there. So, um, yeah, let's just hope, hope the... Uh, the uh, the stadium record kind of stays intact. He'll do a number, but the um, good game to watch. Couple of pod shout outs before we get to a result and move on, mate. And the first one is one that I own, and I'm going to rub it into you a little bit. Mike Acevo, mate, I got my 103 from him on the weekend. Absolutely cheering, and I tell you what, the two weeks before, 61 and 63, solid as a rock. 103 points last week, and he didn't even get a try with that. He had massive stats. I think he had two try assists, two line break assists, four offloads, a line break himself. He absolutely carved. I am so glad that I got him. He's got a BE of 21. You told me that he was going to be a lot cheaper at some point anyway. That might be the case, but he's held his price around about 560k, and he's now going to go up yeah. as well. Against his old club, Penrith, Mate, I reckon we might go the double ton two weeks in a row here. I'm expecting Sevo to go ballistic against these guys. <laughs> yeah, he might be right. Mansour's my sneaking for this game because I think he's got more base in him. He just looks a lot more dangerous. But uh, yeah, battle battle the left side wingers, mate. I think uh, Sivo's the danger man. I tell you what, if I had a better captaincy option later on, I'd really like to VC Sivo. It's his old it's his old club that didn't want to give him a go, and he was so good last week, scoring his hundred and three without a try. I'm going for a Sevo double with 100 plus points with my big call for this one, mate. That's my big call for this game. What's yours? I didn't realise he actually came from there. I thought I thought he was kind of like um, semi in that he just came straight from Fiji. Pretty sure that he got cut from Penrith. There you go. Didn't know. Um, <laughs> well, he's he's hardly owned at all, so those points last week were really valuable. Um, and I reckon Sevo's going to keep going on with a big season for him. Other guy that I'll quickly mention before we move on as far as pods go for this this side, I've mentioned him before. Junior Paulo again played really well last week. And I know that you know, um, Catfish has said the same thing. He's waiting for him to sort of fall down. 
65 points on the weekend, and he actually played 62 minutes. You know, and I, I was saying round two and round three, he played 54 and 56 minutes. And I've been saying, you know, if he can keep that 55 minute on average, he could be a real smoky gun front row forward to keep and buy. He got 62 minutes on the weekend, so he went up pretty significantly. Seven minutes on his average, so the, the two weeks before, and scored 65 points. He's now gone 65, 77, and 76 the last three rounds for an awesome three-round average of around the 70-point mark, and he's only 580k. No one's talking about him. I've had some people say, oh, he's in my wife's team or he's in my son's team and stuff, but I haven't seen any serious super coaches say, yeah, I am Junior Paulo. In, a, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at buying him, I think. I think that he might be my anti-Dave Clemmer type of guy that I'm going to get in. Yeah, the, the one thing you, you need to remember, remember about him, though, is he got Brownie coming back. So Brownie, Brownie, Brownie's a big bat player. So whether whether or not that makes a difference on the minutes that uh, Junior gets, don't know. You can probably afford to sit back and watch a couple of weeks. Um a few people were spruiking up the last couple of weeks because he has been playing more than that sort of 45 to 48 type minute role that, that he was getting that power previously, even down at the Raiders. Um, he's, all, he's also really strong that ball round too. Like those, um, not even just the offloads, which he constantly looks for, but some of those little sort of short passes, they, they could be really valuable um, if, he, if he keeps getting the 60, 65 minutes that I might receive in um consistent and get it with Brownie back first night. Yeah, that's why I'm going to wait a couple of weeks before I'll be looking at him, but in a couple of weeks' time, I'll be looking at Polo as a bit of a pod option, I reckon. How do you see the Paramount yeah. Eels boys going, mate? Do you think that you're going to get the win here, or, or the Penrith record's a bit scary, and you reckon the Penrith might cause the upset? Oh, the Penrith record's a bit scary, and they, they, they just haven't looked the same without Cleary, so... They'll obviously come back a lot stronger, and I'm, but I'm, not, I'm not sure how structured will make it look. I, I just think that... Um, Eels at Bankwest are just looking really good at the moment, and although the numbers are probably stacked against them for five and zero, I just I just can't get it bet against them this week. Like, they're not they're by no means like a, uh, a Melbourne Storm or or a Chooks type dollar fifty or dollar sixty against anyone, but um, I think it's a pretty sort of solid dollar eighty dollar ninety game. Yep, I reckon that the I'm back in the Eels for this one. I think they're going to get the win. Um, Rabbits versus Titans is our next one. Now. These are two sides that have both been struggling up until recently. Titans um, actually played really well last week. The Rabbits side, got a few changes. Um, James Roberts has come in, uh, and he's going to go in for Braden Burns, your old boy who's been dropped to the reserves and left out of the side altogether. Cody Walker's back in the number six jersey. So there's not really any other super coach used for the Titans or the Rabbits. Um, that's pretty much it for both of them. Those are the big ones. Let's start off with the rabbits, mate, because a few people that we know that are quite good super coaches have quietly turned around and said, I'm now looking at Latrell Mitchell. I couldn't possibly, even though it's playing the Titans without the goal kicking, but I have to admit that he is starting to get to a bit of a juicier price. He did play better last week. He scored 71 points. Um, I do think that he looked better. Still not as good as he needs to, but played well. 71 points is a good super coach score. And he's now 520k. He's still got a 90 BE, so I kind of made the comment that I'd rather wait a few weeks and get him in against the Bulldogs or something like that in round eight. But playing the Titans, um, can you see a big score coming? He's basically increased his score for three weeks in a row now and had 71 last week against the Storm. Oh, mate, I think anyone playing the Titans, you'd surely want to back. You just, all you got to do is 
observation they're quite potential and just weigh it up, weigh up sort of what other people you have in that position and then go, look, do I want to click the bang button on it? Yeah, I think he's a buy in a few weeks. I don't, I don't think he's quite a buy now. Um, I've seen a, a few people talking about buying Cody Walker. We're not going to spend time on him. He's been out. He hasn't played for ages. I, I wouldn't be bringing him in for this game. Um, but I think that the two guns that are guys to consider bringing in are Damian Cook and, and Cam Murray. So a couple of different situations for the two. With Damian Cook, he didn't have a great, he didn't have a phenomenal score last week. Still put up 60 against the Storm. He's now got a break even of 67. Very achievable for him. And 600k as a very good price point for Damian Cook coming up against the Titans. I could definitely see him turning up this week. He's 60 and 71 his last two weeks. He seems to be building. His base the last two weeks has been far better than the first two weeks at 50 and 55 in pure base. I would have no problem at all. And in fact, I tried to do it, but then realized that I probably have to get the two cheapies this week in getting Damian Cook in and one of the cheapies and just rolling with Cook this week for the Titans game. I think that he's in for a blinder. Yeah, a bloke like Grant is more than likely going to punch the same numbers for sort of 400 grand cheaper, which you can use next week to get him. So sometimes you've just got to make that mathematical decision and go, look, this is going to weigh me up better in the long term. But, um, yeah, if you wanted a pod move this week, I think Teddy, Teddy or Cook are missing out on one of the cheapies is probably the two pod moves for this week. It's very pod. I was going to do it, and then I decided against it. But... Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, a few, probably I reckon a third of teams have already got in Grant or Best one way or another, so they only have to get one sheep in this week. Uh, yeah, those teams, I think the other obvious is Cook, and I would definitely go happy to Cook in a heartbeat at the moment. I think that's a pretty good trade, and it's still a pod trade for this week to do it that way. Oh, yeah, if you look at his game last week, he, the limited time that he did have down the other end, he just looked dangerous. He always looks dangerous. He's just sniffing around. So he, he, there's not many people that, that scare you not earning, not earning them. Um, but yeah, even as an owner of Abbey with an average of what, 70, 75, whatever it is, still scares, still scares me having that not earning Cook, knowing that, you know, um, any one game he can sort of go 120 to 140. And when he's playing the Titans, yeah, it's one of those games that you just go, oh, please don't go too big. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think we're going to get punished with a ton, but we can hope. I mean, one of the things that the people have made comments about is that they're um, they're struggling without Cam Murray at lock, and that's not helping Cook at all. Cam Murray got moved to lock last week. He's going to stay in lock. He's named at lock again for this game. He scored 62 points last week, Cam Murray. He's got a BE of 44, so he's right for a purchase. He is going to cost you 634k. Um, I understand running at some of those middles and edges that he still runs at to get a try might be on for, for Cam Murray this week too. So he looks like a decent purchase, maybe even more than Cook for some people. He only played 62 minutes last week, Billy. Lowest minutes output of the year. Um, that's a slight concern minutes-wise. How do you see Cam Murray this week and also as a, a purchase at the moment? I can't do it. I just can't do it. I get, until until I see how dangerous... Um, until I see him playing a lot more time in, in the middle and see uh, Cook start serving something up for him. I just, I just can't do it. It's one of those weeks where you, if you're going to follow your gut and get, it, and get a play like that, you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait until the game against the Titans is done before you go, oh, okay, so he scored 120. Yeah, I was right. Now I'm going to get on because you kind of missed that boat. You've got to, you've got to pick that game early enough to get on. So 
Um, I think there's better options this week, but there's certainly has potential. One of the things for Murray and Cook as well is that the, the, they've got the Titans this week and they don't play them again. They're not a side that they're gonna, you're going to get a, a Cook Titans matchup later in the year. This is it. So if he's going to have his biggest game of the season against the Titans, it's going to be this week. Um, the other thing with Murray and Cook too, it's not just this Titans game this week. They've got the Warriors after that. So these next two weeks are actually pretty golden. With Cam Murray, I kind of agree with you, though. I can't get him at the moment. I want to see him at, at lock a little bit more, and I want to see how those minutes are going to shake out. I'm looking at him in a few weeks' time. So from sort of round eight onwards, round eight he plays the Dogs and the Tigers and then Newcastle, and that's a few decent matchups for him. But anyone that could afford to get Cook or Cook and Murray this week would be pretty good purchases if they already own the cheapies. I think Cook edges out Murray as a purchase this week, though I'd put him over Murray. Yeah, yeah, agree, mate. Do you see, I mean, look, I shouldn't say do you see any good options at the Titans for this game. Uh, Jai Arrow has been playing well. He played well again last week. He ended up only getting 52 minutes last week, but he still scored 65 points. So 65 points ended up being pretty good for his minutes output, but it was a fair bit lower than the 61 and 80 minutes that he played, you know, a couple of weeks before that. Yeah, that that shit people that put him as Captain Hay. (laughs) <laughs> well, he got more than Turbo, so... Yeah, I was captain, I was guilty about <laughs> are you in, Are you thinking that he's going to continue on and just keep being a gun, or are you worried about these minutes going up and down at the moment? He's always going to be a gun. It depends what, what that dickhead coach is going to play him for. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he can't play more than 65 minutes a game. Like maybe he's managing something, I don't know. But I'm not the coach, mate. He obviously knows what he's doing. He, um, he won a game. So <laughs> I'm certainly not going to get rid of him because the, the blokes are working. Um, scoring 65 or whatever minutes you decide he played. Um, so he'll stay in the team, but he certainly won't get the, the armband again in the future. That's for sure. Now, I'm going to be real mean to Titans fans and just like gloss over the rest of the side because there isn't a huge amount of options. But I will mention one guy before we go on, and that is Fotoaka. So... Few astute coaches realised that Fodawaka was a potential gun of the future, brought him in for 400-odd K, and he had a really good game. He scored 67 points in his 57 minutes. The week before, he scored 87 points in his 56 minutes. So the last couple of weeks, I think he's definitely earned his starting job. He's still only 468K with a break-even of one, um, and he's averaging 63 points a game for this season so far in his three games, and one of those was off the bench. So... Going into the South game against a, a pretty weak, you know, pack and a, you know, not not a great middle even aside from Murray for the South pack. Oh, yeah. F- could be a, a cut price option if you're looking for a front row forward as well. I actually think he's a pretty good buy. Yeah, true. Um, called him out last year around Origin time. He had a really good PPM. He was he was, he was a sneaky option for the back end of the season. Um, once he started, um, I don't think he ended up firing that much um, because his minutes weren't as big as what I, as what I, as what I thought they would be. But the PPM was still there, so uh, the fact that he's sort of starting now, if, if he's getting sort of you know fifty minutes a game, that, that's the goal for him. Um, Pod option. Shout out to the Titans for getting their first win in three hundred sixty-four days last week. Really good to see. They all celebrated at the end like they won a grand final, and I loved it. It's fantastic to see. Well done, Titans. Congrats to the fans. It was their birthday, mate. (laughs) 
Oh, mate. Well, I don't think they're going to win this week. I'm, I'm tipping a bit of a Rabbitohs revival now that they've got a couple of players back on deck in Walker and um, and James Roberts. And James Roberts playing his old club, the Gold Coast Titans. I think that the Rabbits will be 16-point winners, but I don't think they'll I don't think they'll absolutely flog them. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, maybe sort of a 36-20 to 20 type of type of scoreline. How do you see it going? And is there any C or VCs here? Because I'll tell you what now, if I got in Damien Cook this week, I'd just throw the C straight on him. Depends what other options there are after this game. Probably not many <laughs> that Haas has already played. You're going to get a, a stingy to 55 or quick easy. So, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a, I'm not going to say easy, easy captain, but easy-ish enough um, choice for the highest of the floor. Yeah, he, he would be about the only option in that team, probably. And you see the Titans continuing their winning streak, mate, or you think that South are going to bounce back? Because South have looked really pretty awful themselves. You want to edit out that stupid question? <laughs> All right, so South by how many? A lot, Billy says. Storm versus Knights, mate. Amy Park. Hughes is out for a few weeks for the Storm. Riley Jacks starts at the seven jersey for him. Big Naz comes off the interchange bench because he's got a hamstring twinge. We still haven't seen Big Tui, who I'm sure a lot of people would have been hoping would have been starting, but he's still out with a back injury. For the Knights side, it's Kurt Mann has been named despite the fact that he had a pretty bad syndesmosis type looking injury last week. I, I thought that he'd be out for sure. I don't think that he's going to play, and Lockwood Fitzgibbon's a chance of coming back in. So th- this game, I'm just going to start off with the Storm, mate, and so say I captained Ryan Pappenhausen last week. I was elated in the first 10, 15 minutes or whatever when he scored that try. I thought, here we go. We're going to get two or three tries out of the pap this week, and it's going to be on 120 points, 240 for Barnsley with yeah. a big C on. And then he had yeah. a first career game that he didn't have a tackle break, I'm pretty sure, and just didn't have anything go his way. Like, even the good stuff he was doing, like when he did that massive move, jumping over the sideline, saving the ball back into play, zero super coach points for that effort. Yeah, it's it was just such a tough game to watch at the st- from the start onwards because I thought he was in for a big one. He ended up finishing on I think it was sixty four points, sixty five points. So it ended up being okay. But I've seen a lot of people just disgusted with Pappenhausen at the moment, and they're just selling him left, right, and center. He's only five hundred k. He could go well against the Knights this week. I'm still a big proponent in holding him. Because I think that he's going to have his run the next couple of weeks when he's got some better matchups, and the Knights is a pretty good matchup for him. I can see him scoring pretty well this week, at least. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the I think the only reason a lot of people are selling him is because you need to have someone to sell, and he's already at peak price or, as far as they're concerned. And and you've got two trades a week, so you can buy him back. A bit of a tough draw coming. Um, I was contemplating selling him myself this week, kind of for Teddy, but was a little bit kind of short on that. And yeah, th- th- there's a reason why some people are selling him. It's not the craziest idea, but um, particularly that sort of pullback position, mate. Yeah, I understand it. Depending on what your other options are, you know, if you've got Val Holmes and Pat, which I've seen, I'd be selling. <laughs> I'd probably well, you know what? I, I spoke to someone that had that today, and I actually said just hold them both for this week and get the two cheapies because they were looking at getting not getting one of the cheapies. I reckon that you can wait on Teddy and Turbo um, as much as you want. Teddy this week against the Dogs. Pap could could very well score the same. He could very well go this week. And Val could score just as well against the Warriors as well. So I understand it in some circumstances, but I wouldn't sell him if he didn't have to. I still think that there's going to be points there. 
I'm going to be playing him this week, no doubt. I think he's going to go well. Other than that, the, probably the other fullback to talk about in this one is some bloke called Kalen Ponga. I haven't really heard of him before, but apparently he did pretty well, Billy. He had a pretty decent score last week. <laughs> yeah, mate. Certainly, certainly did. Did so you could you couldn't begrudge anyone for selling for selling him. Have, having having a game off, then having a draw of rate of uh, Raiders in the storm. You go, uh, unlikely to go too big against those guys. Has never really scored a ton before. Always sort of scores consistently around eighty. So he's not going to hurt you. So get him out for a couple of rounds, and then <laughs> <laughs> hundred and fifty nine points. He absolutely killed it. One try, one line Couldn't break. It. Absolutely. It, seemed like it, it honestly seemed like he was on that at halftime. Yeah, it was just... One of the things that I really liked about him and is why I'm still I'm still tossing up VC in this game is because watching the game, he just his tackle breaks are incredible. I think that it's just that people forgot. Like, they forgot how good he is at racking up the tackle breaks. He had eight tackle breaks for the game. And he looked like he had a lot more. Where every time he ran, he just seemed to break a tackle. And then he had the goal kicking as well. Like I think that we just forgot how good Caelan Ponga is. And I really think that Ponga, Teddy, and Turbo are going to be the three best fullbacks. And I've, I've really come around, obviously, as a Ponga owner last week, <laughs> just holding Ponga now and just getting Teddy in and just forgetting about Turbo. Yeah, well, if you look at Ponga's stats last year, we talked about this on 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 the preseason pod. He was the second highest averaging um, fullback. So Pat was first, he was second, Turbo was third, and Teddy was fourth. So that's not, not surprising that he's doing this. It's just all right. So after six weeks, how does it all plateau? Is the question. Well, he's averaged hundred and seven points so far for this season in his three games. <laughs> 711,022 per Killing it? Is he going to kill it against the Storm, though, Billy? Against the Storm, would you think that it's even an option to look at the C, considering the form that he's in? Oh, I wouldn't have said he would have gone too well last but the Storm's a different the Storm's a different beast to who he played last week, so I don't reckon he's going to get as many attacking points, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it, put it short of him. I'm heavily considering throwing the VC on. I couldn't stomach doing the C, but he does seem pretty match-up proof, I reckon. I don't think you're going to get too burnt by it. Um, Cam Smith has scored 70s all season. He scored 70, 70, 79 and 76 last week against South. Been very consistent. He's 670k at the moment and a guy that nobody's been talking about at all. If you own Cameron Smith in this game, I actually think that Cam could be a, a bit of a sneaky pod C. Um, he might have a big one, but he hasn't scored below 70 in four games, so pretty good four, Billy, that not many people have spoken about. The thing with Smith is, he's at that awkward price point where you get what you pay for. He's not, he's not, it just doesn't seem like he's going to score you much more on that or lower than that, so you're not really sort of gaining any ground. If you, if you do own him, and there's certainly a, a few teams that do, um, he could be a captaincy option this week and a hard captaincy week. Do you think that, uh, Newcastle are going to be able to continue on? I mean, this is a pretty tough matchup against the the Storm side, but Bradman Best is another guy along with Ponga that just sort of seems to see these matchups and just go, don't care. Played Canberra last week, 123 points, two tries. Week before against Penrith, yeah. 100 points, two tries. Yeah, the difference with, with Best is if, if you have a look at the the size of him, the bloke's a freak, mate. You can see why he was he was he was pretty much in the preseason team before he got injured. So. 
even though it's a storm, I'm not willing to leave a bloke like that like that out because he, he, he could have five blokes around him and he'll he'll throw one off. Yep, he's uh, look. He's not just a cash grab. Um, he's got a, he's got like close to a minus one fifty be. That's going to be the best be of the year at two hundred forty k. You're going to make a huge amount of cash, but he's also probably going to be a keeper. Like he looks like it. He passes the eye test. I think he's going to be a centre wing keeper. There's not many centre three quarters that are actually keepers in that actual centre three quarter position. So, um, yeah, the, the, the boat's a beast. Like he's just a big unit. If, if you have a look at a, at, a, at a photo of him and compare him to a second row, it's it's, it's the same mould. And, and Ponga just goes looking for him. I can't say enough about Bess. I think he's awesome. I think he's the, the cheapy buy of the year. And he's 100% the number one buy this week. I could imagine people not getting Grant in and going a different way because maybe they're going to have two gun hookers anyway, which I thought about. You could try yeah. and do that. You can't do that with Bradman Bess. Not as a centre wing. Not with how good he looks and with his BE. He should be 100% owned. He won't be, but he should be 100% owned this week and everybody should be playing him. Yeah, true, much. So, Billy, what's going to happen this game, mate? I actually think it's going to be a tight one. I think that all of those nights are going to fire and I think we're going to get a 26-24 special going either way. Couldn't really pick it. I reckon Pong's going to do a hand me after three minutes and Best is going to have to score four tries by himself. <laughs> Big call, mate. Big call. I'm going Ponga 80-plus again in this one. Raiders versus Tigers is the next one. Uh, Raiders, obviously, a bit disappointing last week against the Newcastle side. I thought they would have done a lot better. No changes, though. Stewart's pretty confident in his side. On the Tigers side of things, though, there's changes everywhere. Marshall is axed. Gone completely, replaced by Josh Reynolds. Harry Grant. Might get 80 minutes this week. Walters has been dropped, as you mentioned a bit earlier. Musgrove, the cheapie of the preseason, ended up doing nothing and not even playing. He's now the starting prop. McKaylee's back to the bench. And Russell, Russell Packer in the 17 on the bench. Chris Lawrence is in the starting team, moving to the edge. Garner's in the reserves. And Cheekham gets his first game. Bit of a rookie um, cash cow watch for Tommy Talau. He's pretty highly touted. Rob Jennings is pretty bad. Hasn't been playing well. Wouldn't be surprised if in two weeks we're saying bye Talau, but definitely a big watch. Billy, the Tigers, Madge has just swung the axe 17 times and just got absolutely ballistic and chopped off whatever he could. <laughs> First I was saying there um, couple, uh, 24 hours ago, I don't know what the hype with the with the Tigers is. They're not they're not much better. They're not much better than Titans, so don't expect too much. <laughs> Which is a big statement coming from a Tigers fan. <laughs> oh, they just I think Madge has just put his angry pants on again, and he's just gone ballistic. Oh, I understand pretty much all the moves. Like I think all the guys that he axed were probably deserving on it. But Benji going out is a real head scratcher. I, I do not get that. I thought that Josh Reynolds could have just been on the bench. He could have played, played yeah. 13, he could have played 9, he could have played halves. and you know, I, I don't think they're any better getting rid of Marshall. I think that was pretty poor. It's not always about just you know, what you see on the field too. Maybe there might have been something behind the scenes where he's just, you know, I'm just speculating, mate. maybe an attitude or something he said or just... He's the captain. He's not sure if he's a captain of the team, but he's one of the senior members of the team. Maybe he just didn't like what happened in the game attitude-wise and was making an example. Who knows? So could be anything. Um, As far as winners go, I mean, we spoke about Tommy Talao if he keeps that spot in a couple of weeks, but um, on recent performances, Adam Dewey last week as a mid-range option, he actually played really well. 
he ended up scoring almost a ton, and he looks a lot better at fullback, which you mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I actually thought he was a bit of a low low key buy for last week because uh, he was sort of around three hundred fifty k. He's now three hundred eighty two thousand minus eleven be. Coming up against the Raiders is a tough game, but you know he scored ninety points last week, forty eight the week before, and all that was in base base attack. He's looking a lot better since he moved to fullback. He was really good last week against the Titans. That's why everyone's going to listen to our podcast. You get all the good 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 oil early, mate. <laughs> Like, if you were looking for a mid-range centre wing and you already had Best in, so you could stump for someone else, do you, yeah. think, do you think that Dewey's a consideration? He's going to be too expensive in a couple of weeks. At his price point a couple of weeks ago, he was he was, he was was an option just for this run. But a couple of weeks ago, um, you probably kind of had to, had, had to sell him because he, he was one of those folks that you couldn't sort of really sort of start with um, the type of opposition that he had unless he actually went, to, went back to fullback, so... If he was playing the Titans this week and were a couple of teams at the bottom of the ladder again, then 100% like he'd be an option. But I'd, at that kind of price, I'd probably sort of more of a money ball or a sort of try scoring option, mate. Yep. No, I agree. Um, I would have liked to have bought him last week if I had the opportunity, but I didn't. Um, Harry Grant is the second best buyer in the round behind, well, the man that is the best. He scored 72 points last week, following up his 80 points on his debut with the Tigers. He's got a minus, close to a minus 100 BE. He's 185k. I, I'm going to buy him and Best Billy this week. I, I'm, I'm going to play Grant because I think he might get 80 minutes. Do you see any way though that people could could bypass Grant, or do you think that they should just make sure they got him and Best? I've been grappling this this for this for the last couple of days and. I was dead set going to miss one of them this week because I just thought Teddy, Teddy versus the Dogs was too, uh, too great of an option to miss. But the way Grant's playing, um, he's, yeah, he's been scoring what you know some mid seventies off sixty minutes, and now you get now you're actually getting rid of, rid of the guy that was stopping him from actually, actually getting eighty minutes. Uh, I think that's enough of a, of a reason in itself just, just to get him at that kind of price and save the six hundred. Six, the extra sort of uh, 600k that you actually have to pay for Teddy in a, in a position where you've already got a couple of guns there. I think it's all about sort of using that coin and sort of spreading it. And yeah, Best is just a beast in his position. So I think this is one of those no-brainer weeks where if you don't own, or own either of those guys, you're probably just going to get both of them, eh? Yeah, I agree. A week ago, I thought a little bit differently. A week ago, I was well prepared to miss Harry Grant. Um, but the fact that he his second game was so good against the Titans again, and the fact that TLT has now you know gotten rid of Walters off that bench, oh, I just I think that you just can't you can't miss him now. So I've done a complete 360, and I'm going to end up getting Grant in instead of a gun uh, because it's just too much value, and I'm going to play him this week too because hopefully he gets 80 minutes and he kills it. Uh, they're a the, the couple of buy considerations for the Tigers for guys that are on the watch list to be getting out of your side. Luciano Le Lua, he, oh, I've enjoyed owning him. I did expect a little bit more from him last week though. Only scored 62 points and he's now probably peaked as far as his, um, BE and cash goes. Well, 36 BE, so he probably hasn't peaked there, but he's around 490k. Um, playing against that Canberra pack, I don't expect him to do too well. 61 and 47 points the last two weeks. Um, I'm going to hold and consider playing BJ this week against Canberra, but 
I'm then going to be cutting bait the following week and trying to get a gun in for him, maybe even a Cam Murray or something like that. How do you see Luciano, mate? Do you, do you think that teams could hold him and he might actually step up a little bit more, or do you think that he's, his average score of 63 games is not going to keep it up and you should be moving him on soon? Oh, I'm going to move him on soon. Just going to keep him an extra couple of games, but see how long it lasts. I really, really don't like him moving to the left. To the left. He's, he's a natural right-handed ball carrier. It, it just seems like when when you've got a right edge running at a, at a right edge, they've got that left-hand hand, they can drag a couple of defenders in, and they've got that little sort of right-handed sort of flick because most people are right-handed. When it comes to left left hand, the left the, uh, the left side attack, most most passes being right-handed, it's more like a natural sweep play. They're kind of like uh, cut out that kind of second the, the second row. They use more of, a, of, of they are used more of as a decoy. And even but even if they do get the run, they don't really sort of have that kick pass. It's more of a run straight or just pass out pass out the back left anyway. So I just think he adds more of that sort of tackle busting offloading sort of line break assist potential on the right hand side with his size. Would you play him this week against the Canberra Pack? Um, over Virginia Brown this week, I'm, I'm going to do it, but um, we're going to sell him pretty soon. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to lean towards playing him this week as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if he throws up a 45-50 and is a bit disappointing. Um, on the Raiders side of things, isn't really a, there isn't really any changes. Um, I am going to give a shout-out, though, to Horsburgh and, and uh, Tappany. They had a fantastic game last week, scored 69 and 71 points each. Both of them with huge base. Um, Horsburgh almost made 60 tackles, and he just he had it all in pure base. I think it was 69 points in pure base for the horse. They are both going to benefit now because Bateman's out um, for three months, and they're both low break evens with uh, yeah 80-minute upsides um, for Tappany at least, and Horse played 60 on the weekend, which was a little bit extra. Just over 400k. Do you think that either of them are going to be, you know, potential options now that they've got three months of no Bateman? Yeah, I'd say so. When, when you when you when you first bought them, I thought, oh, see how long you get out of them. But you've probably been kissed on the old fellow there. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you what, it's worked out well, mate. Um, but look, mate, congrats to anyone, for anyone that actually bought them. You bought them for a reason because you thought they were going to get a few, a few more minutes in that, in those sort of positions, and now you're getting those more minutes in those positions. So, just I don't think they're a buy for other people at the moment because I think a lot of teams have have been able to generate a bit of cash between the beginning of the season and now, and can probably start looking towards sort of keepers or kind of a bit more sort of fuller fuller price players, but. Um, yeah, if you, if you started with them, absolutely keep riding it. I wouldn't be getting rid of them at all, mate. Yep. Oh, look, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near getting rid of them. I'm really happy I started with them. They've probably got that one extra rise more than what you would want if you were going to look at buying them. So you probably can't buy them, but if you own them, ride them like I'm going to, I'm going to ride them for months now. They're going to go really good. Um, just as, uh, I guess more of a shout out for Josh Papali siding on the weekend, scored a ton. And David Nofaluma as well, who a lot of people captain, they both went really well. Couldn't pay for either of those guys at those prices though at the moment. This is a tough one, mate, because Raiders weren't playing well last week, but the Tigers lost to the Titans. I can see a big Raiders bounce back here. I don't think these type the Tigers changes are going to be very good at all. I reckon the Raiders are going to be angry. Ricky Stewart's been yelling at him all week. 
Big call's going to be two tries for Nick Kotrick, 80-plus points for me, and Raiders 20-point-plus victors, I reckon. Yeah, it's, um, generally still pretty aligned with the, with, the, with the scores, mate, so I'm not going to go against the green there. <laughs> Bulldogs-Roosters, our second-last game of the round. Tedesco is back for the Roosters, and Mitch Orbison is on the extended bench, which is great for Angus if he doesn't play. Uh, if he does, at least we'll get to see what happens with them. Um, for the Bulldogs side, uh, they've only got the one change with uh, Crichton coming on the bench for Holland, who's injured at the moment. But I believe Remus Smith might be getting a week for his not-so-accidental knee to the face of someone on the weekend. Um, the Bulldogs got a good win against the Dragons last week, Billy. I think they don't really have a lot of super coach options, but one super coach option to talk about is the watch is Will Hoppelardi now that he's gone back to fullback. I think every astute super coach knows that the Bulldogs are best with Hopper at fullback and super coaches are best when Hopper is at fullback because he becomes a real option. He scored 71 points on the weekend, um, 35 of that in pure base, 476k, 52BE. If he sticks to fullback for a couple more weeks, um, he becomes a viable option to potentially buy, I reckon, in centre wing. You can stick around that sort of 450 price and he starts taking some hit-ups to there. Maybe he sort of comes like a, a cheaper man sort of type. Still the Bulldogs are not going to get to play the Dragons every week, so I'm not sure how much, how much of that sort of clutch, clutch he's going to be able to get. Yeah, he's a guy that's been able to get away with not very much clutch in the past. He scored between 57 and 59 point averages for three years in a row coming up to this season. In his fullback games, he's an out-and-out gun. Easily mid-60s, and a lot of that's pure base. So bit of a sneaky one for guys to watch the next couple of weeks to see if pay keeps him there. Great win by the Dogs, but they're coming up against my Roosters, and they've got a plethora of options. Obviously, Tedesco's back. He's going to be a huge option, definitely a, a worth a look at buying this week. Um, Angus Crichton is an interesting one, though. I bought him last week. Got 125 points off him, Billy, which I was stoked about. He only cost me 530k, so it worked out a bargain. Yeah, you've only mentioned that four times. Uh, yep. Uh, did I say that I bought him last week as well, though? Yeah, I, I played him too. <laughs> 125 points. He's now averaging 87 points for the year, though. 67, 69, 125. He's still only 588k with a break-even of one. He does have the added risk of Orbo on the extended bench, but that's kept his ownership really low, so he's an extreme pot at the moment. Are you going to entertain looking at him? I, I really liked that Orbo's kind of just hanging around to keep people away. I, I still think he's a good option. I'm even looking at him as a captaincy against the Bulldogs if Orbo's not, not on the bench, mate. Captaincy, well, it's going a bit far. <laughs> I was looking at looking at him going, he's not really doing, he's not really doing much. Um, maybe uh, maybe he goes, goes in for something here pretty soon, but he's going to want to do something. So I think he really kind of stepped it up towards the uh, second half. Otherwise, he, he was looking at a pretty, a pretty mediocre score. Um you got to expect second rowers to kind of step up to the second half a little bit when the forwards get tired and they sort of start doing, they start getting through that line a bit more. But I, um, I'd be shit scared that Orbo would be buying him, mate. I think he's probably a blessing in disguise for you. Yeah, look, I think that last week was a great buy. Um, this week it makes it a bit harder because you, I said last week to a few people that you're, you're going to get a couple of weeks of rises out of him at least if you bought him last week and, and now because of the points you're going to get even more than that. But buying him now, you miss out on the 125 last week and you miss out on some of the rises. But if you want to, you know, 
take the risk, then I think as long as if Orbe stays out, mm. I think he's one of the best second row forwards that you have in your side. If Orbe stays out of the I'll way tell, for it, I'll tell you what. I will add one thing. Um, a lot of the teams at the point now where they're, they're not full strength, but pretty pretty much bloody well close to it. Um, so you could do worse than sort of get him in and sort of playing bench him, playing playing bench him, and, and just pick, pick and choose your games. You know he's playing the dogs this week, and he, he could he could very well go over for another try against the dogs. Um, I mean, that's why I was looking at the captaincy on him. But you know he's got a four of sort of sixty seven points at the moment with his games this year, um, and you. You could very well just bring him in for a couple of weeks and then get rid of him if it doesn't work out. So I still don't mind him as a buy, considering he's got a one as a BE. Uh, but James Tedesco is probably the bigger buy that people are looking at. Uh, I really wanted him for this game, Billy. Um, instead, I'm going to be waiting a little bit. But you know, would you be would you be saying that Tedesco would be a number one buy outside of the cheapies for this week that you'd want to get in for the Dogs game, or would you be content to wait a couple of weeks and sort of bide your time? I'm shitting myself not owning him. Is the I, answer? I'd really like to say that I feel <laughs> differently, but I'll put the captaincy on him if I own him this week. He would be my number one captain choice for the week, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. My boy, Tube keeps keeping on. He got 60-something points last week. Loved it. Um, but he's a bit more of a pod purchase last week when he was cheaper. Aside from that, full-strength Rooster side against a, a full-strength... Bulldog side coming off a good win against the Dragons, although it's the Dragons. I still expect the Roosters to put up a score. 20-plus point winners, and James Tedesco to get 100, and Daniel Tupo to get his double, finally. Throwing Kiri. Throwing Kiri for the ton. I think we had four tons last week. We'll probably get four tons again this week. Sharks vs. Dragons is the last game of the round. The Sharkies have got Matt Moylan moved back to number one. Uh, with Chad Townsend returning in the halves with Sean Johnson. William Kennedy's out of the side because of that. Unfortunate for those that own him. Um, Militalo's out injured at the moment as well. We've got Andrew Fafita back, which is going to help the Sharkies quite a bit. Um, he's going to be a watch because he's going to be real cheap in a few weeks, and if he gets healthy, that could be interesting. So for the Dragons, Tarek Sims is out now. Um, Tio Fumano is called back into the squad for them. Going to start in Jersey 12. Willie Army is gone after failing to finish last week's game because of a leg injury. So you and Aitken starts. First thing to talk about with this, mate, were you surprised that Mary McGregor kept his job? Me and the rest of Australia. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point he just keeps his job every week that it comes up. So it's almost not surprising anymore. Um, as far as buys go, to be honest, for the, the Shark side, there isn't really any buys, I don't think, and I don't think there's any huge winners uh, out of TLT. There's only the loser of having Kennedy. I am going to mention, though, that the Dragons look pretty bad, um, and the Dogs were scoring at will against them. Sean Johnson hasn't been good lately, um, but he showed signs of life last week, Billy. He was 61 points. I thought that he was better than what people were saying. He's got a 78 BE and he's only 487k. Uh, I'm eyeing him off against the Gold Coast Titans in round eight. These next two weeks, if he doesn't go too ballistic, he might be 450k against the Titans. If I owned him, though, I wouldn't be selling him. I'd be playing him this week. I reckon he's in for a good game against the Dragons. Yeah, he's one of those players that can get you sort of 180 whenever you need it. Well, actually, not whenever you need it. <laughs> whenever you least expect it, it's probably the better way to put it. <laughs> So aside from Sean Johnson, there isn't too much happening with the Sharkies aside from some watches for the Dragon side of things. 
I mean, you'd be really, you'd be really happy if you owned Chul Fumano because he's done well, but a lot of people would have sold him. You didn't own Fumano, did you? Or you still got him in your centre wing just sitting there? Nah, nah. Didn't get him at all. I thought he was a one game wonder, waste. So, it's a easy, it's a bit of an easier question for you to consider buying him then. He's a minus 27 DE. Tarek Sims is out four to six weeks. If you already had both the cheapies or you wanted a second cheapie and you had one of them, he's only 250-odd K and he's a dual centre wing, um, second rower. Do you think that he might be an option if you think you need some more cash generation? Minus 27 BEs, pretty decent. Oh, oh yeah. Like he'll, he'll, he'll be like your, your cheaper version of, I don't know, Mance or Stags or, or, or Cakewell, whoever it is. So... Um, yeah, if you're looking for a, a second rower available at seven three quarter, you, you take him over sort of Capewell. And if everyone, if not everyone, if a lot of people are considering Capewell, then there's no reason why you wouldn't consider him. Eh? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that if you need an extra cheapie this week, he's probably the third best one because he's probably got decent job security. Um, but aside from that, there's not much to talk about on the Dragons except for how how bad they look. They haven't scored a try since March, Billy. Like. We spoke about Ben Hunt as a pod a couple of weeks ago because we didn't realise how bad their attack was. Surely they've got to score a try this week, at least against the Sharks. Maybe that's the, the big ball's call that the Dragons are going to get a try. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some good margins on that game to throw around. Maybe someone like Lomax is due, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you, Lomax has gone 43 and 47 points the last two weeks, just almost in pure base. Um, would you play him this week, considering that the Dragons are due to score some tries? They're playing the Sharkies, and he's a goal kicker. I mean, as a last-ditch nah, centre wing. No, 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 not 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 rest of the Sharks. Oh yeah, I made the mistake of playing Hampton last week without without Lola. Thinking, oh, they're at home, got to play someone. I should have just played Lennox last week, but um, yeah. I, I, the moral of that story is, if your gut doesn't say yes, um, and you're not super confident, just don't. Yeah, I wouldn't play him either, but I would definitely hold him. He's got the Sharks and the Gold Coast Titans the next two weeks. I think that you can hold him for a couple of weeks and earn some decent money out of him uh, and sell someone else instead to get best in. Sharkies are going to continue the misery, mate, but I do think the Dragons are going to score two tries this week. I reckon we're going to get a 28-10 scoreline the Sharkies' way, and I think that Sean Johnson is going to throw up a solid 75. You reckon Dragons can get 10? I think that they. I think they're going to go from zero tries since March to two tries this week against the Sharkies. Oh, we got a couple of rookies in there. Give it a go. So yeah, wouldn't put it past them. All right. On that note, we'll finish up on not a very good game again. The last two weeks we haven't had great games to finish the, the rounds off on. But geez, it's good to have Footy and Supercoach back. The last two weeks, Billy. I don't know about you, but it's um, it's been like a kid in the candy store for the last fourteen days now. Well, it's been the kick in the nuts with it not earning frickin' turbo or ponger. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on, Billy, at short notice. We'll get you on in, um, in the next couple of weeks again after we work out some time to Scanlon to get the cowboy on. Always a pleasure, mate. I'll, do some, I'll spend some time doing research next time. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> short. Sorry about the short notice, mate. <laughs> no worries. Cheers, mate. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. We're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download us or subscribe on iTunes or stream, whatever you like to do. Also, follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And definitely give us a few shares around. Um, always great to, to get some extra new listeners on board that have been asking questions the last week or two. Fantastic to see. Good luck with your captaincy options and your buyers this week. If you haven't got best, make sure you get him in. 
and I'd probably get Grant in as well. But until then, good luck with your captaincy choices and we'll chat again next week.